Hey, I want to tell you a story that happened about 10 years ago. Um, it was a life-changing conversation that my wife and I had. Uh, it was the time that we came down here. We were living up in North Broward um, and ministering up there at a, at a church um, as an assistant pastor. And then we felt the Lord calling us to come and start a church in this area. And so we drove down here and drove these streets for the very first time. And uh, we started... You know, like looking and praying and asking and saying, God, is this exactly the place that you want us to go to? And uh, we were hungry. And so we decided to stop at, uh, at a McDonald's, one right up the street. And, um, and we, if you're not, uh, we got a number two meal. Now, if you're not familiar with McDonald's sandwich board, you know, like you're not intricately involved in like what number two is. Back then, number two was the two cheeseburger meal. So we decided to split one. So cheeseburger each, some fries and a soda. And so we um, were driving around and talking and looking at the, this area. We had never seen it before. And so we started drive, driving and talking. And then my wife says, um, hey, you know what? I'm not going to eat any more fries. And I said, oh, good. More for me. And she said, but don't you want to know why? And I said, yeah. And she says, there's a hair in the fries. And I said, OK. I said, well, do this. Just move the hair over. And just keep eating the fries. And she's like, no, maybe you didn't hear what I said. I said, there's a hair in the fries. And I said, didn't you hear what I said? I said, move it over and keep eating the fries. And she said, you know what? I'm not going to eat any more fries. And I said, well, fine, I'll just eat them. So I keep eating them. And then you get towards, you know, you get towards the bottom of the bag, kind of shake it up a little bit, see which of the, you know, keep the good ones coming. And so I'm, 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 I'm eating the fries and I look in there. Now, um, what I saw, let me kind of explain to you. When my wife said that there's a hair in the fries, what what I saw was, you know how when someone has a comb and they like clean out the comb? I don't own a comb, but at least that's what I've been told. Um, but so someone has like a brush and they're cleaning it out and there's like a ball of hair. That's what was at the bottom of these French, uh, the, this French fry container was this, this ball of hair. And so I turned to my wife and I'm like, why didn't you tell me? She says, I did tell you. I said, no, you said there was a hair in the fries. She said, no, I said there was hair. I said, no, you said there was a hair. She says, I said there was hair. This is a hair. There was hair. There was a hair. There was hair. There was hair. We go back and forth. And I said, either way, you should have been more specific. And, uh, and, and I'm telling you, I was so grossed out. I didn't eat McDonald's for almost a week after that. Uh, it, was, uh, it had such a profound effect on me. And not only that, I mean, we were like driving and praying and all this. And it turned all of that into this hairy situation so quick. Um, but here's the thing that I learned about that is that, you know, I spend my life communicating. Uh, you know, I, I communicate here. I communicate at our campus in Miramar. Um, I get asked to speak in different places. And so I feel like I'm always communicating and, and speaking um, and, and to different groups. But here's so I'd like to think I've learned a few things about communicating with people. But here's the thing that um, most of us tend to think about when it comes to communication is that we think communication is talking. And uh, here's what I want you to know. And this is the important part is that communication is part uh, that, that talking is part of communication. But it's not all of communication. And that's one of the reasons why sometimes we get into trouble when it comes to uh, in our relationships is because we think that all that we're really communicating is the words in which we speak. And, and that's why um, th that's the thing that, that's so important for us to understand is that um, like because you and I both know that communication is much more than that, because sometimes just a look can communicate. Right. Like I bet that if you're married one time that you said something to your wife, and your wife gave you that, if you don't do what I'm telling you to do, I'm going to start planning your funeral look. And you, don't, you just know what that look is. 
Right. There's there's the, the, the moment where you're, you're supposed to go somewhere and then, you know, you tell your wife something and then she gives you the don't get don't tell me that the game went into extra innings. Look, you know, and you're like, oh, honey, it's the bottom of the 14th. We may as well see it through, you know. And by the way, that's the same look you give your wife when she says, I'll be ready in five minutes. And that was 20 minutes ago, just to let you know. Um, but here's the thing that happens it is that some so just a look can communicate. Also, just the tone of your voice can communicate. I mean, let me give you four words, right? Can you help me? Four words, four simple words. Said with a different tone can mean something totally different, right? If I just say, hey, can you help me? Now I'm asking you a question. I'm asking if you can give me some assistance. If someone says to you or I and they go, can you help me? Well, now someone has talked down to us and they think that there's no way that we could possibly give them assistance, even though we've used the exact same words. If someone says, can you help me? Well, now, this deals with you who were asleep, now you're awake, uh, in the back. Now, now, here's what happens. Now we've, we've said something totally different. We've, we've, exp- we've shared anger, frustration, and all of that. And then, you know, maybe, you know, once again, if you're married, your spouse comes to your wife, you know, and she's, she's wearing like something Victoria's Secret-ish, and she says, can you help me? Now, now you've got something totally different. But once again, same words and a completely different connotation. Right. So a million things, you know, I mean, there's like a hundred things that are more that that communicate. But is it the message that we want to send? So here's what I want to do as we talk about communication, especially for couples. But this message has so much more uh, value than just for couples. But even though that's we're going to focus on. But what we need to do as we get started is I have to give you a new definition of communication before we get started. And this is the thing that's so important, because if we use the old one, we'll think that it's just the words. But as we've noted that even just these two things, just the tone or, 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 or you know, just the look that, that everything is communicating something to us. So here's what needs to happen. We recognize that talking is part of communication, but it's not all of communication. So if you want to grab, I hope you grab your notes that you have and I want you to grab the pen that you have. And if you have your Bible, I want you to open it to Genesis chapter 12. But I want you to find a spot on here somewhere and I want you to write down this definition of communication that I'm going to give you. And the definition is this, is that communication is every way you express yourself to another person. It's every way you express yourself to another person. Couples that understand this go from good to great in their marriage relationships and have happily ever after marriages. Couples that don't realize this, even though they're saying what they think are the right words, they're communicating something they don't want to communicate to the person that they say they love the most. And inadvertently, if we're saying the right thing, but saying it in the wrong way, we're inadvertently communicating things that we don't mean. You say, well, how is that? Now, let me give you an example. I mean, over the years, I've been a pastor for a long time now, more than a decade. And, and, and here's the thing that I've noted. I've talked to many wives over the years who said that they feel hated. By, by their husbands. But see, I've never talked to a husband who says, I hate my wife. But how is it if one says, uh, has never, doesn't actually feel that way about their spouse, one actually feels like that's how their spouse actually feels about them? Well, how is that? And here's the reason. The reason is, is because that's the power of communication, is that it's bigger than just the words that we say. It's every way that we express ourselves to another person. And the story that we're going to read out of the book of Genesis chapter 12 is a perfect example of this. It's a story where a husband is communicating something and he's communicating the exact opposite of what he really wants to say. 
And all of his actions are saying the exact opposite of what he really wants to communicate with his life. And what we're going to do is we're going to note three things about this situation and the communication that's happening that he doesn't even realize is going down. Now, here's what I know for sure. And this is the thing why it's so important for us that, that are here is this. If you get this, I mean, like you really get this. This principles, these three things that we're going to talk about today have the power to change your relationships right now. It's not just like for those of you that are married, it has the, I mean, you're going to go out to lunch afterwards and you're going to like, and, and just the way you start communicating, here's what's going to happen. You start communicating a little bit differently and you're going to see things change immediately. But it, those of you that are single, this is important to know because, you know, 91% of people get married. So the odds are you're going to meet somebody that you'll fall in love with and spend the rest of your life with or seek to. And here's the thing. This is going to be important. But not only is this true in every marriage relationship. This is true in every relationship. This is true in every conversation. That as we understand that it's not so much what we say, but the most important thing is what people hear when we communicate. And that's the thing that we're going to drill down on. So we're going to start in Genesis 12, starting in verse 10. Listen to this. It says, Now there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to dwell there, for the famine was severe in the land. And it came to pass when he was close to entering Egypt that he said to Sarah, his wife, Indeed, I know that you are a woman of beautiful countenance. Therefore, it will happen when the Egyptians see you that they will say, This is his wife, and they will kill me, but they will let you live. Please say you are my sister, that it may be well with me for your sake, and that I may live because of you. Now, if you pause there and give me your attention, like I said, there's three things that I want to share with you about communication from this passage. But here, and here's the first one if you're taking notes. Number one is, he says, go along, but she hears, go away. He says, go along, but she hears, go away. Now, let me explain why that's so important, that he is trying to communicate one thing and she hears something else entirely. Now, let me just illustrate it this way. I want you to think about, uh, if you're married, I want you to think about the last fight that you got into. Now, I know some couples say that they don't fight. All right. People, couples who say that lie about other things, too. Now, and I, I've, I've tell, I tell people my wife and I don't fight. We don't have conflict. We have what I like to call intense fellowship. Uh, at times, sometimes it's extreme fellowship. But we we uh, so sometimes, you know, you disagree. But here's what I'm willing to willing to bet big money over is that what you as a husband think the argument was about is totally different from what your wife thinks the argument was about. And isn't that interesting? You see, your wife said, honey, can you take out the garbage? And you're like, yeah, I'm going to get to it. And then like, you know, four days go by and you forget to do it. And then you know what happens? Here's what happens. Then your wife says, you put everything ahead of me. You care about everybody else, but you don't care about our relationship. And you're thinking like, honey, I'll take out the garbage. How is it that you that a guy thinks that the argument is about a couple of pizza boxes and the wife thinks that the argument is about the very foundation of their relationship? Pizza boxes, the foundation of our love. How is this possible? Why? Because what we didn't. This is the thing about communication. We're not speaking the same language. You see, when, when your wife wants to talk to you and you say and, and you're like, oh. Okay. And she says, forget it. And then you say this. What? I said, okay. And she's like, no, but that, it's not how it's not what you said. It's how you said it, because oh, 
doesn't just breed confidence in our relationship. And so what, 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 what do we do? Well, then you don't re- you know, you walk away confused and she walks away frustrated. And what you realize is that what she hears is not what you're saying. Now, once again, I, I pick on the guys, but let me just say this to the ladies, if I can. Um, and so. Um, ladies, if, if, if you're married, here's, you know, you know that there's times when, when your husband comes up to you. Right. And, you know. You know what he's thinking. He's thinking, let's turn the lights down. Let's light the candles and let's get that Barry White music going because there's going to be some romance in tonight. Right. That's that's what that's what he's thinking. And now. But here, here's the thing. And then, you know, sometimes wives at that very moment will come down with this mysterious headache. Um, and, and then here, here's what happened. And then he says, I, I promise not to touch your head and it should be OK. And uh, and so, you know, by the way, you can feel free to use that later and thank me. Uh, thank me later. Um, but here's what happened. So but she, here's what she does. She says, this is not the time. And then she goes out and, and she explains to you logically why, you know, like intimacy and romance. It, this isn't the time for that. And she logically explains why that's not the case. So she's got a thousand things to do. And then you walk away and you say, OK, and you start watching some TV or, or doing something else. And here's what she feels. She feels like, well, he, I explained to him why this what didn't make sense in a very logical and orderly manner. He listened. He understood. He took it to heart. He walked away and everything is OK. Eh, wrong. But thanks for playing. Uh, and, but here, here's what happened. And here's the thing. We're not speaking the same language. You see, what you, we might think, once again, that we've communicated in a very logical way and, and that everything is okay. And here's sometimes what we don't realize is that, um, that, that wives uh, during times like that will wound their husbands. Wound them? I mean, is that, is that, yeah, listen, this thing is so important. Because, and this is what I mean by, by, by wounding them. Why? Because you're not understanding the language that he's speaking. Let me, let me tell you this, and this is, a, this is an important thing. Guys, I know you're going to thank me later for this, but this, this is an important thing to note. Um, for, for most men, who, married men, the only physical contact that they have with another human being is with their spouse. Because for girls, and here's the thing, girls will go to the mall, girls will go to a store, and they will, like, lock arms with their with their sister, hold hands with their friend um, and just, you know, spend time together. You know, they'll, they'll they'll hang out with a friend of theirs and just put their arm around them or get or get close while they're watching something on TV. Women will do that. All right. There, you've never gone to Home Depot and seen two guys holding hands that are best friends. You're like, look at the new hammers. Isn't that great? They got that hexagon screw in as you put your arm around each other and just notice the selection. Right. Wow, look at all the DeWalt drills. Did you notice that, Ooh, buddy? You know, you never see that. And if you do, you run. Right. And uh, so so here's the thing. So here's what you got to understand is that now when he makes an advance to you and you say, no, I don't want to do this. Listen, he feels rejected. And you say, yeah, but there's there, there's 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 a what, what about there's a lot of things to do. Hey, I'm not saying you're wrong. What I'm saying is, is that for him not to feel wounded what we've got to do, and I say we, I mean you, um, is, is what, what, what wives have to do is this. Is you've got to say, listen, now is not the time, but here, this is the time. And if you'll help me with the things that I have to, that I have to take care of, maybe that time can get a little bit closer. And now, here's what you've done. You've, now you've begun to communicate, because now you're just not saying, no, I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. You're saying, I want the same thing that you want, and let's work together to make that happen. And you say, all of that just by making a time that, that it'll work, 
all of that just by making a time that it'll work. Why? Because it's just a little tweak. It's just a little change. And all you're doing is simply saying it's not simply me communicating in a way that I understand. It's communicating in a way that he understands. It's the same thing about taking out the trash and the foundation of our relationship. When guys understand that when your wife asks you to do something, when you do it, here's what happens. It creates more security in the relationship because when you take out the trash, you're saying what what you want matters to me. Taking out the garbage, yes. It's simple things like that matter. And it's not, that's why it's not just communicating in a way that I understand or that we understand. It's communicating in a way that our, that our spouse understands. And listen, I love this passage in the book of Proverbs. It says this. It says, reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. I want you to think about that. It's, it's, it's like a guy, you know, reckless words pierce like a sword. It's like someone who just starts shooting a gun and just in, in, in the, randomly. That, that it pierces as the, uh, the, the ability to, to maim, to damage, to kill. But the w- words of wise people, here's what they do. They bring healing. They bring hope. They bring help. Abram and Sarah, later his name will be changed to Abraham. Abram and Sarah, here's what happens. They go through the same thing. They head down to Egypt, with, which by the way, they weren't supposed to do. God had given them this land of promise, which would later be called Israel. And God gives them this land, but there's a famine. So they keep going south. And they go to Egypt. And here's what Abraham notices as he's walking by. He sees that as he's heading to Egypt, there's guys that are walking and they're turning their heads because they see his wife, Sarah, and that she's very beautiful. They see the chariots go by. And every time that that Sarah and Abraham are walking by, the guys honk with their horns on the chair. I don't know if they had horns in their hair, but they do something to the equivalent of honking their horns uh, when they see Sarah. By the way, is that the best we've come up with as men? You see a beautiful woman and you have to honk the horn like it's like that's like the most we've done. That's like, the, the, you know, years of civilization. And that's the best. we've Honk. I see one. I just want to let you know I saw one. Wow. That your astute ability of observation. Thank you. Well, anyway, but here's what he does. And as we read in the story, he comes up with this ingenious plan. He's going to get to Egypt and he's going to tell he's going to tell them uh, that she is not my wife. She is my sister, because girls, you know that there's nothing more romantic than the one that you pledge to spend the rest of your life with introducing you as, and this is my big sis right here. And, uh, you know, because that should, you know, like that may work well in West Virginia, but it doesn't work well in your house. All right. And so here's the thing. This people living in the South. All right. Uh, and so, but the thing is this, is that the message that Abraham is sending to his wife is one that he doesn't even realize that he's sending. He says, you're my sister. Tell him that it's no big deal. She hears the way that you look is going to get us killed. And here's what sometimes as guys we think, no, 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 he's just being pragmatic. He's just being logical. And here's what she thinks. She thinks you're too much trouble and I'm better off without you. And you say, well, that's not what's being said. It doesn't matter. It's what's being communicated because it's not what we say. It's what they hear. It's the same thing. It's not what they say. It's the way that we understand that it explains whether communication has really happened or not. And here's the challenge for us. Are we doing that? Are we doing that in our relationships where we're in a place where, check this out, we're now, and here's what we can do as guys, and this is so easy for us as guys to fall into, where we'll get to a place where we'll start spending more time and effort and energy on our hobbies than we are investing in our relationships. It's like, well, this next, you know, we're going to do this trip and, and we're going to do this, me and the guys, and we're going to go somewhere. And you spend all this time planning that. And your wife's been asking you, can we just have a family vacation? And somehow there's no time for that, but there's plenty of time to plan, to plan this other thing. 
Well, that's communicating something. And here's what I would bet is that it's not communicating what we want to say. When we spend more time talking to our friends and acquaintances more than we spend time talking with our spouse, it's communicating something. When we break commitments that we made to the person that we claim to love more than anyone else on this planet to do something with, some, with someone that we did not make that commitment to, listen, we're communicating something, and here's what I know. What I know is that that's not the thing we want to communicate. But yet, communication is so much bigger than the words in which we use. It's everything. It's every way that we express ourselves to someone else. So he says, you're my sister. He hears, just go along, and this will be pragmatic. And here's what she's saying. She's, she's hearing and, and feeling, you just want me to go away because it'll be easier for you. Look at what happens in verse 14 in the story. It says, so it was when Abram came into Egypt that the Egyptians saw the woman, that she was very beautiful. And the, the princes of Pharaoh also saw her and commended her to Pharaoh. And the woman was taken to Pharaoh's house. And he treated Abraham well for her sake. And he had sheep and oxen and male donkeys and male and female servants and uh, female donkeys and camels. Now, if you pause there and give me your attention, here's the second thing that I want you to note that's so important. And that is that he thinks security and she feels abandoned. Now, I want you to think about that and why that's so important. He th- because they're two completely opposite things. One says uh, he thinks security Let's just make sure nobody gets killed and we just kind of figure out how it goes. She feels abandoned because she gets sent to Pharaoh's house in a country where she doesn't know anyone. And the person who has pledged to love, honor and serve her as long as they both shall live has told everyone she's my sister. She gets taken away and he doesn't even put up a fight because he thinks that's the smart thing to do. He thinks security. She thinks abandoned. Now, let me share with you this. This is this is really important. Um. The, one of the first books that my wife and I read when we got married was um, a book that helped me so much in understanding my wife, and I think helped my wife a lot in understanding me. Uh, and it's a book called The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. I highly recommend it. But the author talks about how there's usually five ways that people uh, receive love or um, express love. And if you want to know what the five things are, it's words of affirmation, gifts, time, or quality time, acts of service, and physical touch. Right? These are the five things. Now, here's the thing that's important. Now, what you've got to learn is, and this is the thing, is that the way that you receive love, the language that you speak, we will have the tendency to speak that language to someone else. But here's the thing that's important to know, is that just because that's my love language doesn't mean it's my wife's. And just because it's your language doesn't mean it's your spouse's. And so the key is, the thing for, that's important for us is, is to learn to speak the language that our spouse it receives love and understands love in. Now, let me explain it this way. About seven months ago, my wife and I were, um, we, we took, got like a long weekend in Disney and uh, it was about a three, four day thing. And it was one of these things where it's like the, it was like an off weekend and the prices dropped and I used a bunch of Amex points that I had. And I think for the three days I paid 25 bucks. It was like amazing. Like the constellations aligned, you know, I mean, like Jesus was like taking our reservation. It was like unbelievable. But I'm telling you the whole thing. I think we paid like 25 bucks for all four days with all this. It was great. I mean, I still brag about that. I think it was so good. Well, anyway, so we're on the we're staying at the Disney property and um, our, our kids both got like a little bit of a diaper rash and uh, which is fairly common for for kids. And um, but what happened is we ran out of that like ointment that you put on them that makes them uh, that makes them feel better. 
And so it was about 8 o'clock, and our kids go to sleep between 8 and 8.30 usually. And uh, so I said to my wife, I said, I'll just jog up to the store. Because uh, it wasn't that, like all that far, maybe like a quarter mile or something um, between like, you know, kind of getting around, all that stuff. Um, and so I said, it wasn't that far. And I said, I'll just do that. I said, listen, I'm not even going to bring my phone. Uh, I just have my room key. I'll go. I'll, I'll take care of it. And then that'll be that. And she said, okay. So I run the quarter mile and I get there. Now, you got to understand, I've never run a marathon. Uh, and for the record, I've never run a half marathon. But the closest I've gotten is I've uh, gotten gas at a marathon gas station a few times. That's about as far as I've gotten. Um, so here's what happens is that I get there. And so I'm like sweating a little bit because it's like around Labor Day. And you know that still like end of August, early September, it's like just a couple degrees uh, before boiling outside. So I get there and I'm like sweating pretty good after this, you know, quick little jog. Uh, and so I get there and I'm, you know, I'm trying to front like it was no big deal when I get there. And I'm like, I, I uh, ointment. You know, pretty much all I can say. And the lady's looking at me like, is this ointment for your joints or something? Because you look like in pretty rough shape. And so I'm like, I need the, the kid ointment, the, the, the diaper ointment. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry, we're out. Oh. And she's like, but there's good news. If you go to the next resort, they have the ointment there. And I'm like, are, are, you, are you sure? She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, they'll definitely have it. They carry larger stock than we do. And I said, okay. So, and I said, should we call first? And she goes, no, 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 they're definitely going to have it. And, and, but, and so I say, okay. And so I just muster up whatever energy I have. I pray for God to fill me with more energy and strength than I normally do. And I start out and I just, I've got like the chariots of fire music in one ear. And I've got the, you know, like the eye of the tiger music in the other ear, you know, and I'm just going, I love my family. I'm going to do this. And by the way, next door means half a mile. I learned that. And uh, so I run. And by the way, it was uphill. And so by the time I get there, uh, I am just, and I can't stop because I'm like, I keep telling myself, if you stop, you don't love your kids. If you stop, you don't love them. You have to save them and rescue them. You have to do this. So I am just like going. I mean, it is, it's like I'm being chased by the Terminator. You know, I'm just, I am, I am like running for my life here. I get there. I cannot even talk. And I'm like, <laughs> ointment. And, 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 I'm t- and they were very concerned about me. And they're like, sir, would you like some water? you want to sit down? Would you like to lay down? Do we need to call a, a paramedic? And I'm like, ointment. And they're like, I'm sorry, we're out. And I'm like, oh, I was able to let that out. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And they said, but here's the thing. The hotel across the street has it. And I'm like, come on. And, they, and I'm like, that's what the last people told me. And they said, yeah, but that, um, that general store stocks all of the general stores here in this area with all the resorts. And I'm like. Should we call? And they're like, no, 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 they'll definitely have it. And I said, okay. So I start running and I'm, you know, and I'm like, I'm doing this because I love my family and I'm, and I'm running, right? I'm running for my life and I get there. I mean, I, there was a time where I was running and I did not have any energy to move. I like jumped over a small child, like a hurdle and I just kept going. Their parents didn't like that, but I kept moving. And, uh, so I finally get there and mind you all this time, like a half an hour has gone by. I told my wife I'd be back in 10 minutes. And as I told the story to my wife later, she's like, I'm like, what? she's like, Bob, I was so worried. And I'm like, all this, I'm thinking about who am I going to marry next? I, mean, I had already kind of planned that, you know, who your replacement was going to be. And, uh, and I'm like, I could have lived with all that piece of information. And, uh, and so, there, you know, she's like, Dad, I was getting worried. I'm, she's like, I have this picture of you, like on the side of the road, very winded, like Mickey Mouse himself as the paddles of life, trying to like, you know, clear, you know, and doing that, you know. Clear, pal, you know, something like that. 
kind of one of those. That's a pretty, I do a pretty good Mickey Mouse, by the way. Um, so, <laughs> so I'm, I'm doing this whole thing. I finally get to the last one, the, the third one that's across the street. And I'm like, I have, to, I have to have the ointment. You know the ointment for kids. And so, mind you, the girl there like, compl- cannot, like, does not appreciate my situation at all, as I explained it to her. Because I'm sharing this with her, and she's been sitting in air conditioning the whole time. And she's like, mm-hmm. oh, we have plenty of ointment. And I'm like, give me the ointment. So I get the ointment. And then I have this realization. I have to run back. Because I had given it all I've got right there. So then I'm running, and I'm like, if I can just find one of those Disney people with the little carts, I can, like, bump him off and just drive. To, and then just, like, dump it off somewhere. Anyway, I didn't find one. So I'm running for my life. Anyway, almost an hour goes by. And uh, my wife is like, you know, I was ready to call the cops and whatever and issue out, a, you know, an APB on you and find that, you know, you're missing an action or whatever. So I t- then, but here's what happens is that I get there, I give her the d- diaper ointment and I just lay on the floor because I mean, I mean, this is it. I am just done. And then she's like, what happened? And then I tell her the story with well, the story I just told you. Well, she hears the story. And besides the fact that she found it completely hilarious as much as you did, which at that moment, I did not appreciate the fact that it was funny. I thought it was the most serious, loving. It was like a lifetime drama. I thought, I'm like, this could be turned into a movie called The Running Man, except, you know, uh, anyway, there is already a movie called The Running Man, uh, which if you're into like old school. Anyway, so the whole thing is I tell her the story and after she laughs, she says, you know what? You are the greatest husband in the world and you're the greatest dad in the world. And I don't know what happened. I stood up filled with energy and faith and hope. And I'm like, and I'm, you're right. I am. And here's what it was. She was speaking my language. See, the language I speak is the language of words of affirmation. But see, the thing is this, is that when I tell her the story of everything that I did, that's the language that she speaks, the language of acts of service. And so, you see, when I buy my wife a gift, here's the thing that's interesting. Usually when I do something, because my life is just, I tell stories like this all the time, and so there's this thing that happens, is that God allows me to go through like the most insane things to happen, because you guys like to laugh at them. And so whenever something crazy happens, I think, this church, this church is going to kill me. Uh, and so, but, um, but what happens is this, is that, I tell my wife the story of like what happens, right? Like I was going to do this and then, you know, the, the, the thing, um, this is what happened. And all that. that means more to her than the gift itself. That I would have gone out of my way and I had to like, you know, jump a shark, you know, like Fonzie did in Happy Days or whatever. I had to do all this crazy stuff to get this. Wow, that joke really didn't. You guys never watched Happy Days. Uh, okay, hold on. Let me just No more Happy Days jokes. Um, all right. Just sorry. Sorry. Um, now, here's why I tell you all of this. This is honestly the why, I, the why I tell you all of this is because one of the things that I've done in the last 13 years since I married my wife is I've wanted to become an expert in who she is. And my wife has done the very same thing. She's wanted to know how it is that when she wants to communicate that she loves me, how does she communicate it in a way that means so much? And the reason why this is so important is because of this one Bible verse that is so powerful. Here's what it says. It says it's in First Peter. It says, husbands, likewise. Dwell with them, that is your wives, with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers will not be hindered. 
That first phrase is so important. Husbands, dwell with them with understanding. With understanding. My goal in life, your goal in life, is to have a PhD in your spouseology. All right? That you want to know how you to communicate with them in a way that they understand. And when you want to communicate to them that you love them, that they commu- that it's not just the way that you understand it, but it's in the way that they understand it. You see, and when you understand the way that they receive love, and the way that you communicate with them in a way they understand, the things that they do, you will understand. And the things that might have created conflict now will create understanding. And here's what it might be. If, uh, from, let me just say from a guy's perspective, is that if, you, if, if your wife is calling you to say, you said you're going to be home at 6 o'clock and it's 6.20 and you're not here, and you might think, man, why is she nagging me? Why is she, you know, why, why is she like keeping tabs on where I am and all that? Now, here's what you've got to understand. This is what's so important. What if the language that your wife speaks is the language of quality time? And that when, you're, when you are not home, the when you say you're going to be home, that that is communicating something that you didn't realize, that it's communicating, I'd rather be somewhere else than be home with you. And say, so, oh, well, that's not really what I meant. I just, you know, I got into a conversation and then things ran late and, you know, that, which, uh, hey, that makes total sense. But once again, if her language of love that she speaks is the language of quality time, then you've got to say, maybe you say, I'll be home by 6.30, and you make sure you're home by 6.20, and now here's what you've communicated. You cut it short to be home. That's why if her, if her language is time, here's what you can do. If you say, one day you say, you know what, I'm going to take a vacation day so that we can spend the day together. That could mean more than you going to work, working overtime so that you could buy her something. And, 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 and vice versa is true as well. You know, um, and, and that's the thing that, that's so important. Listen, um, if, if, if your husband's language is, is, is words of affirmation and you buy him a gift and you write him a card, the card may mean more to him than the gift itself. Why? And you say, well, the card doesn't have any value. Ah, but it does. Because the words that you spoke communicated something to him because it's the language that he's speaking. You see, well, that's what's so important. And that's the thing that happens with Abraham and Sarah. Abraham is thinking in terms of security. And she is feeling completely abandoned, even though he's, feel, he's thinking security. You see, one of the things that men and women both desire in relationships is, is security. But here's the thing. Even though we desire the same things, we go about it the diff, a different way. And we experience it a different way. Because God has called men to be providers, here's what will happen. We will experience security when there's money in the account, when the bills are paid, and things look stable. And generally speaking, when it comes to wives, what will happen is, is that they will experience security in the relationship when the relationship is good and there isn't tons of tension or conflict. And yet here's what happens. Sometimes a husband will pull away and say, I've got to work more to create the stability so that we can have security. And she's thinking, the very act of you going is creating insecurity in our relationship. And now I'm starting to feel abandoned. And that's the very thing that happens. If you note it in the verses, Abraham got, he got, you know, sheep and oxen and donkeys and male and female servants. That whole list in our terminology today would represent hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. Abraham becomes a very wealthy man through this whole exchange. And he's saying, all right, everybody's still alive and we got a bunch of stuff out of this. We're very secure now. You know, we've got our retirement package. We're all set. And now Sarah is sitting in Pharaoh's house. As I mentioned, she doesn't know a soul. And the only person, the person who pledged to love her and to protect her and to, and to be with her, 
till, till death do they part. He's like, well, I guess the death do they part doesn't really, you know, he doesn't want to get too close to that. And now she starts feeling very alone. So what happens? One's trying to provide security and in the process. It creates insecurity in the other. And that's the thing that's so important. Guys, can I just tell you this? That's why your wife does not like sarcasm as much as you do. I'm telling you, I am a huge fan of sarcasm. I love being sarcastic with people. Someone asked me the other day, they said, uh, this is about last week, they said, um, uh, Pastor Bob, do you marry people? And I said, no, I'm only married to my wife. And I said, There's, no, 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 I mean, do you do the wedding? And I'm like, I know what you mean. I just love sarcasm. My problem is, is that my wife doesn't like it as much as I do. And sometimes I'll say a sarcastic comment and she'll give me the look like, you know, I don't believe in divorce, but I'm still, I'm not, I do believe in murder. And, um, and so, you know, she'll give me that, that look and then I'll, I'll do this. Well, honey, let me, it's really funny. Let me just explain it to you, which by the way, that's not good either. Uh, and so I'll start explaining it and then I'll just say this because I'm like digging the hole really big for myself. And some, and then I'll say it and she's just like, and I, I sometimes just say this. I'm saying, honey, I'm going to stop digging now. And she'll say, good idea. And then uh, it's kind of like weird right then. And I'll be like, coming. Who's that? Someone across the street's calling me. I'll see you. And uh, so I just, I just got to get out of there. And because um, it gets weird. And so, but here's the thing. And here's why it's so important. You think, why? Because we experience security in provision. She experiences it in relationship. And so you can kind of joke around and here's what it does. It doesn't, you know, because sometimes sarcasm leads to conflict and then conflict leads to arguments and intense fellowship and all kinds of things. And now she doesn't feel secure in the relationship. And then that's the thing that happens. And that's why she takes the kidding around as much more meaningful than you do. The Bible says this. It's a powerful verse. It says, just as damaging as a madman shooting a deadly weapon is someone who lies to a friend and then says, I was only joking. Why? Because the, the words that we speak have the power to destroy or the power to heal, as we noticed, in, in, noticed before. And that's why... We've got to make sure that we're communicating in a way that they understand. Listen, you want to cut out a lot of conflict in your relationships? Let me just give you this. This is a rule in our house. All right? And, uh, you know, and every once in a while, we, my wife and I, we have to remind ourselves of this rule. And here's what it is. Two words. Assume goodwill. That is, if my wife says something to me, and it can be taken two ways. It can be taken in a way where I could be very offended by it, or I could take it as a compliment. I decide I will take it as a compliment. And sometimes you say, how in the world could you take that as a compliment? I say, I decide to take it as a compliment. And, uh, and, and the same thing. Sometimes I'll say something to my wife, and she says, I am going to assume goodwill that you are actually giving me a compliment. And I will say, that is a good thing. That is a compliment. And, so, and, and, I'll say, and I'm telling you, that will cut a lot of, uh, of conflict out. And it's one of those you know, verses. There's a passage in First Peter that says, love covers a multitude of sins. And that's what assuming goodwill will do. But the thing we have to realize is that our words are important and how we communicate it is important because Jesus said these words It's in your notes. He says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You see, there's things that are in our heart and it's the overflow of what's in our heart is actually what we speak. Now, let me tell you how the story ends. Look at verse 17. It says this. It says, but the Lord plagued Pharaoh in his house with great plagues because of Sarah, Abram's wife. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, what is this that you've done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she's my sister? 
I might have taken her as my wife. And now, therefore, here is your wife. Take her and go your way. And so Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him. And they sent him away with his wife and with all that he had. And if you pause there and give me your attention, let me give you the last point. And this is this is this is huge. Here's the last one. He accepts responsibility. They experience blessing. It's when you accept responsibility that you begin to experience the blessing in your marriage. Because this whole situation should have been a wake-up call to him. And we'll talk about that in a second. Let me tell you this. About a year and a half, two years ago, uh, my wife was in Costco. And my wife was buying um, a bunch of mints for here at the church. Because uh, those of you who have been to the restroom here, you know that we put like mints and sometimes lotions and stuff like that. And we put mints all around uh, because we believe that fresh breath honors God. And so we, we do that. And so she's buying like bags and bags of mints because you guys apparently love the mints because we've got to buy them every week to keep like supplying them. And um, so there's these three firefighters that are checking my wife out. And so one of these firefighters like gets up the courage to walk up to her. And he says to her, uh, he says, um, what's a girl like you need this many mints for? Which as she was telling me the story, I'm like, that has got to be the biggest loser opening line I've ever heard. And she says, uh, well, he didn't look like a loser. And uh, I'm like, you know, sweetie, I really could have lived without that comment the rest of my life. I could have lived a full life without knowing that. And uh, and so <laughs> and so she said, my wife says, you know, what is a girl like you need that many men? And she says, well, it's for my church. And the guy says, oh, you're a church girl. And she says, and he says, well, are you married? And she says, well, yes, I am. And um, and and she and the guy, the firefighter guy says, um, he says, well, with my luck, you're probably married to the pastor. And uh, and she goes, well, actually, I am. And um, and then his two other uh, firefighter guys started making fun of him, and then they walked away. And uh, that was kind of, that was the whole story. And so my wife relates the story to me, and it really it taught me two things. Number one, my wife is really hot. Uh, number two, that I cannot take my wife for granted, right? I, I got home, and she told me that story. And she actually told me over the phone after it happened. Um, this is thing. I got a hot potato here. Let me tell him what's going. Let me tell him what's up, what he's got. And so she tells me, I'm telling you, I got home that night. I was like a new man. I got home and I'm like, honey, can I do something for you? Uh, you know, I should, you know let me do some dishes. Uh, you know, I see this couple. Let me take care of that. That's not good. Let me take you out tonight. Let me take you out tonight. You know, maybe we'll go somewhere and, uh, you, you know, maybe we could, you know, we can go out. Do, do you want a new car? Um, you know, I, I can get you whatever you like, whatever you like, I'll get for you. And, um, you know, we can go, we can get a restaurant. We can get, take, you want me to do the dishes? I'll buy you new dishes. Um, I'll buy you a new sink. I'll buy you a new kitchen. I will move us to the house across the street and kick those people out, whatever you want. And, uh, and, and I'm telling you, right, that, that situation was a wake up call in my life. And here's the thing. This situation should have been a wake up call in Abraham's life. That, and here, and here's the thing. It wasn't, um, what we, the story we read is in Genesis chapter 12. Let me read you the first two verses of Genesis chapter 20. It's in your notes. Now, Abram moved from there and went to the region of the Negev, that is south of Israel, between, and lived between Kadesh and Shur. And he stayed for a while in Gerar. And there Abraham said of his wife, she is my sister. And then Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent for Sarah and took her. A few years later, same story. He doesn't learn the lesson. But here's the thing. Even worse. I want you to notice what happens in the life of Abraham's son, Isaac. Look, in your outline, Genesis 26, 
Now, there was a famine in the land besides the earlier famine in Abraham's time. And Isaac went to Abimelech, same guy, or his descendant, king of the Philistines in Gerar, same city. And the Lord appeared to Isaac, said, Do not go down to Egypt, but live in the land where I tell you to live. Stay in the land for a while, and I will be with you, and I will bless you. For to you and to your descendants I give all of these lands, and I will confirm the oath that I swore with your father Abraham. With your father Abraham. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. I will give them all these lands, as though your and through your offspring all nations on the earth will be blessed, because Abraham obeyed me and kept my requirements, my commandments, my decrees, and my laws. And so Isaac stayed in Gerar. And when the men of that place asked about his wife, he said, she is my sister. Because he was afraid to say she is my wife. And he thought the men of this place will kill me on account of Rebecca because she is beautiful. He does it. Abraham does it. And then his son does it as well. And here's the thing that's so important for us to know is that if you want a marriage that models a healthy relationship for your kids or the kids that you plan to have someday, we have to take responsibility. Because it's when we take responsibility for how we communicate to our spouse is when we see blessing in our relationship. Because too many times what we do is we say, well, he doesn't know how to communicate or she doesn't know how to communicate to me. And we just blame the other person instead of making a decision to say, I will no longer communicate the way I understand. I will communicate in a way that they understand. Now, let me close with this. I love telling this story. Um, I went to high school with a guy by the name of Keith. He was a good friend of mine. Um, and uh, him and I went to high school together, and we, um, we, we did the first couple of years of college together, and then uh, he went and did his thing, and I went and did mine. And, um, and here's what happened. is that, um, He went to Peru with some friends of his on vacation one time, and um, he met this girl. And he met this girl, and he fell madly in love with her. And, and here's what happened, is that they, they, um, they, they were, they, they couldn't, there was just one problem that they had. And that is, um, you know, he was a Jewish kid from Coral Springs, and, uh, and he did not speak one word of Spanish. I mean, I think he knew like taco. I mean, that's it. Um, and, uh, and she, having been, lived in Peru her whole life, she did not speak one word of English. And he went home, and this is what he said, this is a true story. Um, he said, I am going to marry that girl. And he went home, he flew home after that. And he, and I'm telling you, he went to work and he came home. This is all he did for six months. He decided in six months he was going to become fluent in the Spanish language. And six months later, I mean, this guy's Spanish was incredible. He flew down to Peru and was able to actually have a conversation with her for the first time. They dated for, for a, a, a good while. They got married. And to this day, they're still married. And here's the thing that's incredible to me. And this is the thing that's so important. He actually sent me a message on, on Facebook, sent me an email, and um, the whole thing was in Spanish. So I read it, and then I responded to him in English. Then he read it and responded to me in Spanish. And I responded to him like, dude, don't you speak English at all anymore? You know? Uh, and, and, and so, and here's the thing that I learned, is that when you really love someone, you're willing to not just communicate in a way that you understand, you will communicate in a way that they understand. Because, my friends, communication is not just words. It's every way that we express ourselves to another person. And if you want to have a happily ever after relationship, here's what it takes. It's not just what you say, but it's making sure that they understand the thing that you're trying to communicate. Let's pray together. And, God, we want to thank you so much for your love, for your truth. 
for the fact that your son modeled for us this principle of communication when your word teaches us that you became a man because you wanted to explain to us who God really is. So we thank you for that. And God, I pray for every couple here that you might help them put this into practice. I pray for every single person here that you would help them put that into practice in every other relationship in their life. And when they meet that person that you bring to them, that they would put it into practice with them as well. In Jesus' name, amen.